Hi, I'm Steve Addison and this is episode 179 of the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're in Los Angeles talking to Rick and Jenny Prieto about their call to one another and to the nations. mind story into becoming a part of these multiplying movements where we're seeing new disciples make disciples uh in many cases new churches multiply new churches um you know to god's glory i think it starts at different times you know we're, we're newlyweds just got married about seven months ago mm-hmm. um so our journey started each individually and i think both of us had individual callings to live and work among unreached people groups in the world. Yeah. So I, I became a Christian when I was a freshman in high school, I started following Jesus and uh, a, a lot of the people that I was surrounding myself with right away um, would take these short-term mission trips overseas. And so I, I remember jumping into a, a couple, couple short-term mission trips um, and uh, God was really starting to work on something in my heart on those trips. Um, but there was a particular moment I remember where I was in college and me and five college buddies decided we were going to take this road trip for a whole summer around the U S and uh, you know, we were, we were all packed into this tiny little truck. And I, I remember being in this national park in the U S and there was, I could see these snow cap mountains like just out in front of me. And it was, it wasn't audible, but I, I clearly understood God was putting on my heart that there were people that lived in mountains that were, you know, 10, 20 times that size and they would never know to worship him for it unless somebody went. And it was this, it was almost like this anchor in my heart that just started pulling in that direction. So I didn't, I didn't know where tall mountains were or where the tallest mountains were. So I just started doing some Google searching and uh, I I found the Himalayas, which are in, in South Asia. Um, And so I just said, all right, God, will you give me an opportunity to, to minister in that area? You know, it it was just this very strange calling. And so a year after that moment, I found myself on a plane going to meet people I had never met before. Uh, I didn't know a single other person going, but it was just, for me, it was this, this test of faith that, you know, God, I think was testing my flexibility a little bit. Um, And so, so I ended up overseas in the middle of what, I mean, I felt like water was five feet above my head. I didn't understand what was happening. You know, I had an, I had an understanding of what a pastor did. Um, cause that was kind of where I, where I was in the U S and, uh, you know, and I had this vague understanding of a missionary, but I get in this environment where I'm seeing, uh, like national indigenous people that are owning the vision to reach their own people. Uh, and, and I, I expected the missionaries there to be like Western heroes to these people. And I had read books like that where that was the case. Uh, but that's not what I saw. What I saw was that the missionaries were there to serve and empower the people to reach their own nation. So I'm, I'm there in the middle of this. And, and I was so sure, all right, God, this is, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Like whatever my life looks like. I've got to be here, like working with leaders like this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so that was so I kind of started by diving into the deep end with this and I was like you know I felt like I was thrown in with the with the wolves there uh, but I learned so much about about his kingdom and what it looks like to see whole areas reached with the gospel and it was so simple too it was very simple disciples that are just doing what they're what's modeled to them like something's exampled and they turn around and they do it and then you know just everything keeping it biblical keeping it simple but in a way that will that will reproduce in different different streams down so right so i was so thankful to to grow up in a home where christ was honored so my parents really taught me from a super early age what it was to love and follow jesus and they exemplified that so beautifully so I always had that in front of me and that, that model was set. So as a kid, I was, I was really fascinated from a super early age in, in missions. And so I, I loved reading missionary biographies. I recall back in first grade, I had this Bible and I would write my prayer requests or people I was praying for in the front of the Bible. And so in first grade, 9-11 had just happened. And I was hearing all these things about terrorists and all these different names were being thrown around and... I wrote, I wrote that I was going to pray for Bin Laden mm-hmm. in, in my first grade handwriting, completely misspelled, but I was praying for this terrorist that I'd heard about. And so I've always had this pull from very early on toward, toward the unreached, toward people that I've never met, never heard about, but I just know they need Jesus. And that's all I knew. And that's, that's all that mattered at that point. And so growing up, I was exposed to a lot of different types of missions um, and I jumped in here and there, a lot of door-to-door evangelism, things like that, passing out gospel tracts. And for some reason, while while I was still excited about it and excited the gospel was getting out, I always felt there's got to be there's got to be some other way. There's so many people, you know. How will we ever reach all of them? Mm. And and how is the Lord going to do this? Like I know He's going to, but just how is He going to do it? And it didn't quite add up in my head. And so. I went through high school and college and actually just early last year, I was attending a legacy church and I heard this announcement about some gospel conversations training they were doing. And it definitely sparked my interest and curiosity. So I signed up for it and I showed up on a Saturday. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Didn't know anyone who was there or leading it, but I'm sitting at this table and I'm just watching these trainers take scripture and just unpack it. And, and it was all right there this whole time. You know, the concept was, was not new. It was, it was ancient. It's right there in scripture, but just the way that it was being set out before my eyes and it, it made sense. It was tangible, it was practical and it was spirit filled. And so it just lashed onto it and God really awakened something in me even that day. Um, just so happens. And this is actually <laughs> ends up being part of our story. Yeah. So, that day that I was being trained in, in the four fields and gospel conversations and the 411, things like that. Turns out the head trainer was, was this guy named Rick Priato. And all I knew that day is he was very, very um, well put together. He was a great leader, very handsome, had a great sense of humor. And somehow <laughs> I got to meet this guy yeah. that day. <laughs> wow. wow. So, <laughs> it was this collision of... You know, I had no idea what God was going to do that day, but those, those elemental principles and just everything that was exploding in my head that day from what I learned um, ended up carrying me forth, obviously, until to this place. But it was amazing how God made that the intersection of our lives was 
was over this this very work that we're now doing. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna put that in the promotional video. Go <laughs> <laughs> meet your spouse. Sing, a a single a singles gospel conversations <laughs> training. <It's> so <laughs> yeah. So you guys got together, and yeah. uh, so that was less than a year ago. The, yeah. Same. Well, well, that, no, was, that, was, that was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. So I had this, I had this gap of time when I get back from this, this, you know, it was several months I was spending in South Asia learning these things. And I, I came home from that trip and there's this gap of time between when I'm like help, starting to help lead these trainings and be a part of these trainings. And, you know, when I get home from that trip, so I get home and I have this, like I have a really clear vision for what I want to do with my life, but I've, there's this whole, I mean, if I were a good writer, I could fill a book with mm. things I had to unlearn mm. to be prepared for this kind of work. Because, you know, once I started to realize God was calling me into ministry, I felt like I just had to gain more knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge. Mm. And, and I, so I started to pursue those things, but you know, when you're sitting, when you're sitting in a village in the Himalayas with, you know, 25 people worshiping Jesus at, at the potential cost of their life, uh, it, it just, it just caused me to think what I really needed to mm-hmm. obey Jesus. And so I, I had this really difficult time when I got back of, of unlearning and trying to just add that to what I know. Um, and I, I wrestled with, what I, a lot of what I had been taught, most of it was awesome, uh, you know, taught growing up, but there were some things that I just couldn't get over. And I, I also wrestled with God, like, like, you know, I, I, it, it helped my confidence to know that I could keep gaining knowledge. Uh, but I wasn't putting those things into practice. And I think that was for me what I had to get over. So I started trying to do those things for a year and just found myself really lonely and burned out. Um, and, uh, so how did you get through that, that time? I mean, there's a big sort of shift going on in your understanding, but then you're frustrated because you're isolated and you're trying to apply it. So how did you overcome that? Yeah. So there, there was a, there was a moment where I was just so frustrated. I, I called the missionaries that were in South Asia and I said, guys, is there anybody in the U S who's doing this. This was about a year after I got back from, uh, from South Asia. And they said, they said, yeah, man, there's like hundreds of people (laughs) that are doing this in the U S. And so I happened to live about four hours, uh, from, from Troy Cooper. So they said, here's this guy's email, connect with him. Um, so on a whim, I ended up hanging out with him and, and, and seven of his kids, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, seven kids. I was, I was, you know, ended up, they were at like some pool party and I dropped in, just met him. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was a fun little quick interaction, but I remember in that moment, like, here's a guy who's in the next phase of life from me. Mm-hmm. Oh, doing you have seven. Is that right? What? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a conversation for the podcast in 20 years. We can <laughs> talk about it then. Um, yeah, next phase yeah. of life, marriage yeah. and family. Yeah. And I just realized there was this, this craving in my heart that God had put there for mentorship and mm. uh, some guidance in this. And, 
you know, I realized that part of the reason what I was seeing in South Asia was so amazing is because I was able to look at, look ahead at what others were doing. And so that little meeting with Troy opened up this huge principle in my heart, which is just the value of having mentors and, you know, like raising up other people. It was, Mm. it was incredible for me because Troy, Troy believed in me in a way that, that many people around me couldn't. Mm. And the the more I've been around that, the more it's infectious. And I just, I want to, you know, believe in the people that God's given me to steward as well. Um, So I went from this broken, frustrated, like, uh, I feel so undone state to with just the encouragement of, of a mentor, uh, you know, this place where I'm like, I'm just like on fire for this and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, that is about the time, yeah. probably a year and a half later that, um, you know, after getting back from that, but I, I had, I had walked through what was the muck, I think of, of this journey for me, it was a really humbling time. Uh, but also, you know, the other end of that has just been really freeing. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where in the timeline, Jenny and I intersected there. (laughs) So Um, what did it look like when you started engaging with, you know, with Troy's encouragement and some, some more training, how did that work itself out? Yeah, well, I, I continued to do the same things I had been doing for the past year, you know, for that prior year, which was going out in my neighborhood and praying for people. You know, I lived in a, a low-income neighborhood in, uh, in Gainesville, Florida, where I was. And so I, I would go around and just love my neighbors, pray for them, and offer to share the gospel with anyone who, who would hear it. Um, and, you know, I, I saw occasionally people come to faith, but I was, I was begging God for the lasting fruit. Well, after I, after I see Troy mentor, encourage and empower me, I'm like, man, what am I doing, doing this by myself? So, mm-hmm. so I just started casting vision to a few friends and I was like, Hey, we'd love to show you some things and, and, you know, take you out. We call it, you know, go in the harvest with me and just go in God's harvest and pray and ask him to raise people up and to add disciples to the kingdom. And all of a sudden there's these people around me who are experiencing the same things with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, from that, we've seen leaders that have come out of just that initial, Hey, come out in the harvest with me, uh, that are now themselves, you know, mobilizing in this, this kind of pipeline headed overseas. But I didn't see that, you know, two years down the road when I was encouraged to just invite some people out. All I so saw was man, I don't want to- knowing in one sense, what you're doing, you were forming a team. Exactly. And yeah. building a pipeline of future leaders just by grabbing a few friends and saying, I'll train you. Let's go out. Yeah. Have you got a story of one of those people or something God did when you went out into the harvest? Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, so one, of, one of my good friends. He's uh, he's mobilizing to a, a country in South Asia here in a couple months. So uh, we'll we'll call him Sam. So. So Sam and I, uh, I, he was one of the first people I invited out. I was like, yeah, man, let's just, you know, we'll knock on a few doors. We'll greet a few people and, uh, you know, we'll stay out maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And, uh, and all of a sudden it's dark outside and we are still going. And this, this guy had just discovered like what he was born to do. And, you know, we were, we were acquaintances beforehand, but Mm -hmm. this guy was just waiting to be invited and unleashed. Um, 
and you know, all it took was that, that quick invite. So, so we start going around and for about a year and a half, we were going out in the harvest. We'd see new disciples come to faith. We saw some folks uh, baptized in, in neighborhood pools and got the opportunity to disciple them and, uh, you know, connect them to Jesus. So, you know, we get to lead them to faith, but then we don't, we don't just say, okay, figure it out. Here's a Bible. You know, we got to, with the simple tools we were learning, we got to say, Hey, let me walk with you as you learn who Jesus is and learn how to obey him. Um, so, so it was cool. That experience, Sam, Sam, was that his name? So Sam, <laughs> Sam and I, yeah. uh, really connected through that just in a, in a deeper friendship that was connected to the work, which was just kind of a side effect that I didn't expect. Um, was that one of the stories of someone from the neighborhood who came to, to Christ and into discipleship? Yeah. So, uh, there was one neighborhood we had, we had heard about in Gainesville that had a, a ton of, of South Asians that, that lived there. And, you know, Dan knew that, or Sam, <laughs> Sam knew that, uh, that my heart was, you know, pulled to South Asians and he had begun to kind of get that same heart. Um, and for North Africans as well. So we, there's this neighborhood that's really, really diverse. So we go out in the neighborhood and for a while we're, we're praying for people and not seeing a lot of response. And we, we go out about three times. And the third time there's this girl who had just moved uh, to Gainesville. Her name's destiny. And, uh, and destiny just Dan walks up and Sam, sorry, Sam walks up and shares his uh, 15 second testimony of how he encountered Jesus with destiny. And destiny says, I want to hear about this Jesus. And, so Sam shares the three circles with destiny right there. And destiny says, I want to follow this Jesus. Like what's the next step? So she's like asking. And, uh, and Sam's like, well, the next step is, you know, you can get baptized and, you know, begin to learn to obey Jesus. And so I think it was the next day they walked over uh, to the neighborhood pool and Sam and another guy that he had brought with him. So now Sam's doing the same thing, training somebody else they got to baptize her together. Um, so that was, that was a really cool, like, okay, the rubber just met the road. How are we going to steward this new disciple now? Great. And yeah. so around that time, you guys are getting together as a couple, you're, you're working out your futures together. How did you as a, as a couple start sort of, getting engaged in the harvest and, and learning these things together. Yeah. They won't right. So similarly to the way that, you know, Rick took Sam out in the harvest, I also started going out with them, you know, in groups and was just amazed. So coming from a, a background where for me, it had been mostly, mostly like a shy method of sharing the gospel, kind of a half-hearted, um, low risk, you know, maybe give them a flyer or a pamphlet or invite them to church on a Sunday um, hmm. Now we were actually engaging them with truth and with a simple gospel presentation and our testimonies. And I'll never forget just one of the first times that we went up to this guy's door in this apartment complex. And I'd heard things about a person of peace and how there are people in the harvest that God has prepared to hear his message and that they're ready to receive. So it's still a concept in my head, though, at that point. And to see that come to life, so we knock on this guy's door um, and I was able to share a testimony with him and share the three circles, which is a gospel tool that we use. And all of a sudden, 
just without any hesitation, he, he was ready. And he's, I just asked the question, you know, which circle are you in or where are you at right now? And, and he, he identified in brokenness and he said that he wanted to receive Jesus. And I almost was just floored because I was so, I was just not ready for that. I'd never seen that before, just that quick obedience and that faith that was ready to say yes right away. And so, but to be empowered with, with where to take that conversation and how to lead this guy to the Lord was, was so new to me and so exciting. I'll never forget um, just that whole experience. So Rick was really awesome about just bringing us along. We'd often go out in groups and spend a whole afternoon. And it's funny because Sam is, Sam is so great. He, he's actually bivocational. He's an ER nurse and I'm also an ER nurse. So we, we had that in common, but I love how he would be so systematic he had a vision to see this whole apartment complex, every single door knocked on every single person shared with. And so he had a list. He was, he was checking them off. And so we went through, mm. you know, that entire complex over that summer. He was able to take different folks through. So I love how in all of that, it's just been such a journey of, of relational time as well. You know, this all of this about movements and strategy, really the core of this is is a bunch of people who, who love Jesus, who have a vision just like he did, who, who share the vision of Jesus to see the ends of the earth reach, and we're just doing it together in community. Yeah. So it's hard to separate those two, really. They can't be yeah. separated. Yeah, so Jenny won't brag on herself, so, but I would love to do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she comes to this training. This is, this is how I noticed Jenny. She comes to this training, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's, this girl's beautiful. So... You know, we, we trade, I trade contact info with several different people at the training. Oh, this is what he said. He was like, Hey guys, I would just love to follow up with all of you and see, give you some more ministry opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some there. <laughs> That's right. So she goes home and she trains her whole family that night in some of the tools that we learned that day. And I, I ran into her randomly at Starbucks later that week. Okay. Randomly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Might have even been the Holy Spirit. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she's training somebody there at Starbucks. And I'm like, oh my goodness, who is this girl? Um, so it was cool. It was kind of the, it was, really was the, I mean, at this point, I'm so focused. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, man, I, like, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, there's this girl who's like blowing me out of the water. Mm-hmm. And she, like, I'm just so impressed by her. So, so we start getting to know each other. And I think one of the first things we clarified was that, you know, the calling that we both yeah. had this calling, yeah. especially for, for folks going overseas. I feel like that's been something uh, that's been really important for us to know that from the start, like Jenny's Jenny will never feel like Rick has dragged me overseas, mm-hmm. you know, when things mm-hmm. get difficult because that's her calling as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying God right. doesn't work it out other ways, but for us mm-hmm. that has, that has helped helped us learn so much and trust so much together because we know yeah. that we're, we were individually called and then God ordained to bring us together. Right. Um, so that was, that was helpful in the learning process. So what are you learning about um, how God shapes the people? He's, he's brought you together um, and he's had you on these separate journeys and they've, they've coincided now. Mm. And, right. um and you have a, a sense of call in the future that that you'll be uh, overseas or cross-cultural somewhere. Mm. What are you learning about how God is shaping you and preparing you along the way? Mm. That's good. Any thoughts, Ben? Wow. 
There's so much there. (laughs) I know that in so much of this, it's been amazing. Just the way that when God does place that call, um, number one, he's just so, so kind about it, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's the most beautiful thing to be, you know, specifically called out. I mean, he's given us all of, you know, this, this great commission, and that's universal to every believer. Um, but to hear from the Lord that he has this, this work set out for us and that we've been asked to be part of that specifically, it's just so humbling to begin with. Um, and, and I think part of the sacrifice that comes with that is, is that being called out means that there's this other group that you're leaving, essentially. And so um, even for, for, for me, very specifically, you know, recently, just moving from Florida to California and leaving behind everything that I knew as far as my family and community there and being called out of that into this new journey and this new phase was just a small piece, obviously, of, of ultimately what God has, but has been training my heart for that. Um, that just that realization that that is such a small sacrifice and it is so worth it because even realizing this life is a breath and that our, our days are so short, you know, we yeah. have this, this little tiny life and God just asked one thing of us and that is to get his glory everywhere. And mm-hmm. so in light of that, it's worth it. It's worth it to leave normal and to be really different and, yeah. and make big decisions like that, that sometimes don't make sense to other people and face some criticism. Um, all of that is, is just, just tiny compared to the weight of that glory and realizing that, that Jesus is so worth it. So while there have been some, some moments, absolutely. And some hard days and some, some doubts that can creep up sometimes, but just being reassured constantly that, that Jesus is King. And so all of this plays into his story so beautifully. Yeah, I think for me, the, the, the principle I'm learning, even, even the more we get to share our own story, is that God, is, God gives us exactly what we're ready for, exactly when he wants us to have it. Um, and, and not being able to see like three months ahead all the time where God's going to have us, you know, what lesson we're going to be learning, whether it's about the work or just just about being godly and, you know, being Christ-like or like lessons in abiding or leadership that we're learning. Uh, it's a gift to just not know what to expect. And I'm just learning about his father's heart to prepare us for exactly what we need. Yes. And I'm thinking back to, to even jobs that I had when I was a teenager that felt, that felt so useless or felt so meaningless in the moment. And God has just used every piece of that to, to prepare us, mm-hmm. which is interesting. For, you know, I'm a, I think I'm a very like process oriented thinker and a systems oriented thinker. So for me to look back like that and see the journey as developing, like it almost, it's almost painful for me to say, cause I want to say, no, it's the, it's the process that, <laughs> that develops people or you can, you know, you can put it in a system, but uh, it really has been, you know, the father in his timing that, that teaches us one lesson at a time. Um, and I, and the, the seasons where I'm abiding the most, like when I'm spending an hour a day, at least in the word and in prayer is when I can really, uh, connect with what God's teaching me in a season. Um, and, and I, 
you know, from, from what I know from long-term workers overseas, uh, it, it only gets harder to connect with God in that way. And so I think the, the most important lesson in all this, like as, as God develops the calling it, for me has been deeper and deeper abiding, like never, never less abiding than I did a year ago. So just always increasing how much time I'm, how, how much time I'm spending with the father, you know, how much time in prayer, um, I think that just, that's helped me absorb all the different lessons God is teaching and it keeps us grounded. Um, and so, so um, your move from, from uh, Gainesville in Florida to Southern California is the next stage in your development. That's, that's just good one. And uh, so you're out in the field and you're with a team and you're intentionally growing in your faith and in ministry right? because God will have another assignment yeah. at the end of this time. Is that yep. your sense of things? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and I would say for us, you know, you mentioned us being on a team out here. I think that is so, so central to why this journey is happening for us in multiple steps. Uh, because there was a temptation for me as soon as I knew God had called me to that, to leave my bags at home and go. And there, there would have been something like a little bit uh, gratifying about doing that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've seen it firsthand overseas that, that people get really lonely and, and a lot of people don't know how to deal with conflict on teams in different cultural contexts. So getting to see even some, some, you know, some damages that that has done overseas in South Asia coming back for me, I was like, I, if, if I'm going to go overseas and, and if I'm going to bring my wife with me, like we need to go with a team that's healthy. And so one of our biggest prayers in coming out here is being a part of a team and, and learning how to function on a team better, but also casting vision for others who are in the work here. Mm hmm. Will you come, will you come with us? You know, folks that we get to labor with in the harvest, you know, training in community in church with here that we get to say, Hey, would you, would you pray about considering to, to be a part of our team overseas and, and our, our prayer with that. And what we're starting to see as others are going before us in this uh, is that it, it, it gives some people, it gives people some longevity overseas mm-hmm. that they're able to, kind of breathe a little bit because they're with friends and, and not just coworkers. Um, and it, it gives them, you know, real like biblical koinonia community overseas. Um, and, but, but for us, it's, it's interesting. I would say personally, this has become, it has shifted from me, for me, from being about overseas ministry to unreached people groups where my heart is so, like I care so deeply about the lostness here in California right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't even explain how God has, has shifted my heart where I know we're going that, you know, our eyes are set on the nations, but my heart breaks when I wake up in the morning and see the lostness that's here in California. So, so the work here is enough to compel me to go uh, and, and is also enough to compel me to, to drill down here Um so I don't know. I, I think, I think the idea of a, a pipeline going overseas, like we, I don't think it's a, 
a mobilization strategy. A lot of people have like a mobilization strategy. Uh, for us, it's like, man, how do we steward the movement that God is, is already working here? So we've got these faithful people all over the U S all over Southern California and, you know, all of California. So, so we're more asking the question, okay, God, how do you want to expand what you're doing here? Um, you know, even as our, our heart is breaking for losses, would you, you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even just that we've learned a lot. What well, me personally, I've learned so much. I was, I was talking to one of our teammates recently and just processing and realizing that even though, you know, spending 10 years in one place in Florida and having amazing friends and family and relationships there. I have still never, never had community like this. Mm. It's just, it's just so different when you are on a team and you're all laboring with that same vision and that same heartbeat. And there's that brotherly love among us. And, and there's so much unity. It's, it's so reminiscent of the book of Acts and it's just the most incredible thing to be part of. Mm. Even just in a few short weeks that has developed so rapidly. Um, and, and just having that, that support and that encouragement and um, the sharpening that goes along with that has been so encouraging. And, mm. and to think about that, um, taking that concept and just translating that in, a, in another culture gives me so much hope because I hear from a lot of other missionaries that, that is the hardest part about the first few years of being overseas is just all the culture shock and all the team drama and, and so much that goes on that's um, almost peripheral. And to think that the Lord is providing that team structure for us here, that we'll be able to transplant to a different context is just, it's really incredible. And I'm yeah. so excited about that. Thanks to everyone who's been spreading the word about the Movements podcast through social media and uh, other methods. This has been Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.